We are broadcasting live. Thank you for joining us this morning. Please share this out. I'm really glad that you're here with us. And as you're watching us, welcome to Wolf's Watch presented by Adventure CEO. We have a great guest for you today, Dave D. He is the expert on one-to-many sales, whether it's from stage, whether it's from a virtual meeting, which is hugely important right now. And then what happens after that? You know, it's not just about being effective from stage. It's what do we do afterwards? You know, when we get a chance to speak one-to-many, then what do we do when we get one-on-one? So without further ado, Dave D., thank you for joining us today. Hey, man, Jeffrey, thank you so much for having me. I'm super excited. And uh, let's let's give some folks some good information so they can close some sales and uh, make some more money during these crazy times that are going on right oh now. Oh, my gosh, it's just been insane, hasn't it? Yeah, it, it really has. And the, the thing is, though, for most business owners, they can still close sales. They can still make money. Uh, if, if they're using the right approach and if they're using the right tools and things like that. And so, you know, my goal today is to really share a, a, an approach that I know that works not only for me, but for my clients as well, uh, which is, you know, how can we, how can we get our prospects pre-sold on us before they meet with us? And then what do we do after they're meeting with us? And most of the meetings will be virtual. What exactly do we do? What's the process for then taking them through um, a a prospective meeting where we're going to close at the end where we don't come across as a used car salesman. And and the truth is that most sales training that's out there right now still today is like, oh, hardcore. You got to use these closes. You got to be and all of that stuff. And the people who I deal with, and I know the people that you deal with, you know, want to maintain a level of professionalism. Now, doesn't mean we don't have to sell. We still have to sell, but we don't have right. to sell in a way that we don't like and our prospects don't like. We can still maintain our level of professionalism and close just as many sales, if not more. Absolutely. And, and for full disclosure, as you're watching this, that's why I have been attracted to Dave. Um, we're both guys. We're both married. So careful where you go with that. But. <laughs> You know, what ha- What has brought me into Dave's community, I follow Dave. I'm part of his community. I'm learning from him because of how he approaches it. And because he's also been very, very effective on stage, he gets results. I've seen that. And that's so that's why I continue to learn from him and was happy to have him uh, you know, join us today. And, you know, when, when you talk about that, Dave, you know, it's just sometimes I feel like wanting to like, wash my hands after talking to some salespeople because it's still that, like you're saying, it's still that hard close that, you know, we're going to keep you here until you make a decision. Yeah, well, that's a lot of the macho stuff that's going on by the the really big name sales trainers that are out there. I mean, it's still like we're we got to hustle, we got to close them, we got to do all of that kind of stuff. And if you know, if you're a doctor, or an attorney, uh, uh, you know, a financial advisor in, in that area, you don't want to come across as that. I, I guess it's fine if you're selling an info product or or, or something like that, um, but. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's not just about getting the sale, right? It's also about right. getting referrals um, right. afterwards and keeping the client uh, afterwards. And again, you don't need to use any of that stuff. If you position yourself properly and then you take people through a process, which is an, I call it an elegant process where they don't feel pressure, they don't feel manipulated and they feel like you're simply trying to help them. And so I'd love to get into it. Yes. And, and before we do that, I want to give a shout out to Alex Pavoli. Alex, thanks for joining us this morning. Saw your comment on Facebook. Bring questions. We're so glad to have you here with us. We've Alex and I have known each other for way longer than either one of us is willing to admit. He's in, uh, in Florida today, I believe. 
So it's always good. And I love this format because we can interact with people as they're watching. Beautiful. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, you know, and Alex, share this out. We'd really appreciate that. That helps. You know, we, we all win when we put our networks together. So, Dave, coming back to what you were saying, does that also affect like the size of the sale or the pitch? So, so like we market more to affluent and ultra affluent yeah. entrepreneurs. So does that take a little bit more of a, uh, I guess, white glove feel to, to the experience that people have as part of that process? So, so here, th that's a really great question. And I would say not a white glove approach. So the okay. way that I um, sell my services, just to give people an idea. So I, I sell uh, services anywhere in the range of on the low end of 5,000 to on the high end of 50,000. I typically have a one call close um, to do wow. that. that. That's one piece of my business, right? Um, now, again, it's not because I'm using one thing. It's because I'm using multiple, I'm using a system. Um, and so again, so I'm selling professional services just like everybody else out there. And so I don't want to use an approach where a white glove approach, because to me, that sounds like I'm kind of coddling the prospect. Um, I do a lot of takeaway selling where the per the prospect is actually qualifying themselves to work with me. And it puts me in a different position. I think with a lot of the quote white glove selling, um, it, it comes across as being needy. Uh, and um, I don't want the prospect to be in charge. Um, I'm in charge, right? I'm in charge of the sales process. Uh, and so, uh, and I don't, want, I don't want this to sound arrogant, but this is the attitude that you want to go in with is that, hey, you know, I'm the man or I'm the woman, right? I, okay. I'm the person that can help you, right? And if I can't, I'll tell you that too. Right. But so sure. I don't need the sale. Right. So the worst thing that you can go in, whether you're doing a webinar or whether you're doing a one on one consultation with a prospect is to come across as like I need the sale. I'm needy. It's the number one sales killer that there is. Right. So my prospect needs to jump through these hoops in order to get to me in the first place. In order to have that conversation with me in the first place, they're going to probably, if I'm selling like a really high end thing, they're going to have to watch a webinar. Then they're going to have to fill out a questionnaire. Then I'm going to have to approve the call. So by the time they get to me, they're excited. So there's a lot of pre-selling that goes on before the actual sales conversation, which makes the sales conversation a lot easier. Does that make sense? Well, it, it makes sense. I'd like to, I'd like to uh, be a little contrarian for a moment it, it, given the current environment like with the great shutdown how do businesses you know how, how do we get through that process in times like this where you know where speed is is paramount you know businesses are struggling uh, uh one of my mentors has a hotel chain 20 hotels so yeah. think of that 20 hotel properties no revenue for 90 days yeah you know, so how do we how do we does that still apply? Sure, it doesn't really need to be. It doesn't need that? to be a, a long process, right? Okay. So, okay. A lot of it depends upon what you're selling. So, if I'm if I'm doing a, if, if for example, for your friend, I'm probably not doing a a, a sixty minute, seventy five minute, ninety minute webinar, right? Mm -hmm. um, I may be doing a short video to my past customers, right? My past clients who have stayed there, more of a personal video approach. Right. But I still want to maintain my positioning. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a long process. So, you know, okay. I just closed a $15,000 sale the other day. Someone watched a webinar, right? They applied to talk with me. I approved their application. We had a conversation and it 
and it closed, right? So it doesn't have to be this long drawn out process. And I don't want to make it sound like you are um, being an, being an ass, right? (laughs) You're not, you just, one of the keys, one of the keys to closing sales is your confidence in yourself. If, because selling in great parts of transference of emotion. So if I don't have the confidence in myself that I'm the person, right? I am the man. And by the way, I don't think that in everything that I do, I'm very good in a narrow area, you know, outside that area, I'm kind of lame. My, my wife, I think once called me an idiot savant, right? Like, <laughs> like I can't change a light bulb in the house, right? I'm not good, but at selling and doing one to many selling and then teaching people how to close one-on-one virtually or in person, that's what I'm really good at, right? That's what I've dedicated my life to doing. And so you, everyone has got to have that attitude. It's not a cocky. It is a confident attitude. Right. Because especially today where your prospect is not confident, they're unsure and they're fearful, they want you to be in control, right? They want you to know, hey, I'm dealing with a pro here who knows what the hell that they're doing here and can and takes me through the process. They want okay. you to, to do that. Well, and, and it seems that especially in these times, I've heard that uh, from other successful entrepreneurs like yourself that have said, you know, as leaders, we need to really be able to bring that solid bedrock. Hey, you know, we're going to get through. Yes, it's yes. ugly right now, but we're going to get through this kind kind of vibe to our, our our teams and to our customers to provide that stability that they're looking for in times of total chaos. Yeah, and, and exactly. And, and and the and the professional that can do that is the one that's going to get the business. So it's not a matter of. Uh, again, it's not a matter of lengthening the process. It's not a matter of uh, making, oh, I'm so great. You've got a quality. It's a matter of, hey, okay. I've got total control here. You're in good hands. And if I can help you, I'm the person that you should be working with. That's the attitude. And by the way, sure. if I'm not the person, I have conversations with people. I say, you know, I'm not the person. So, for example, Someone will say to me, well, I, I'll say, they'll, they'll say, well, my number one problem is generating leads. I'm not that guy. I'm not the lead generation guy, right? There's people way better than me at lead generation, right? So if that's what you want, I, that's not me, right? And here's a person who I recommend for that, right? And so it, it really comes down to, again, being in control, having a system, following your system, and your prospects will, will appreciate that and feel like, hey, they're dealing with a pro here who can help me. Well, and, and you'd mentioned that, uh, coming back to what you mentioned earlier about one of the big mistakes that people make you know, in the sales process is they, they need the sale and they don't have that confidence. Uh, is, is there another key that people need to watch out for, key pitfall that, that people need to watch out for in that process? Well, yeah, it's not liking the sales. It's not liking selling. Ooh. Um, and, 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 and the reason that people don't like selling is number one, they think about it wrong. And number two, the stuff that they've learned has made them not like it. I mean, because it's terrible, (laughs) right? Nobody nobody likes it. You're using canned things and hardcore closes and you're destroying the prospect objections, all of that crap. I I met an old line sales guy that he sold in the, you know, he sold cars in the seventies. Right. 
And they and he bragged about how they would do stuff like throw the customer's keys on the roof to force them to stay in order to sell them a car. Yeah, like, I mean stuff like really? that. Yeah, stuff like that. And and not not even that, even I mean, more not, not that people actually do that today, but you still kind of get that, you know, that attitude. Yeah, you, you kind of get that thing. But going back to it, and this is interesting. I, I thought we were gonna go in a different direction, but this is fine, this is cool. But the we'll, we'll come back. I'm sorry, I I I yeah, no, around no, no, this I promise we'll get back on track. Like really important. Um so if you are uncomfortable in the sales process, all right, or you don't like selling and you're uncomfortable in it, here's the problem. If you're not confident, that comes across to your prospect. Your prospect will not subconsciously or consciously think, hey, this person is not um, confident in the sales process. Mm-hmm. They, all they know, all they feel is that this professional is not confident. Do you see? So, and again, if selling is a transference of emotion, which in great part it is, if I if I don't come across as confident because I don't have a system or I don't know what I'm doing or I don't like it or I feel there's an energy that I feel like I'm doing something wrong here, I really rather not have to sell. That's going to come across. Mm-hmm. That energy, the prospect's going to feel that. And if they feel that you're dead in the water. And so let's talk about before we get into more tactical, you know, about how to do a webinar and all of that. Let's talk about, because this is like a great conversation because this is really super. What matters is I remember the the first time I asked for a hundred thousand dollars on a sale. Yeah. I mean, I needed to have dry shorts out in the car afterwards. (laughs) (laughs) And it was a small company. So I knew, you know, I'd already been, we, we had, done a little bit of a discovery process as working for a management consulting firm at the time. So I knew what I was asking for in terms of, of their commitment uh, out of their, out of their profit, their cat, their gross margin for the year. And, uh, and it was, that was a life changing experience. So I'm glad, I'm glad we're having some of this conversation before we move into the, you know, how to, how to make the, the virtual selling work. Yeah. Because so the, I, I have a belief and I'm sure you had this belief when you made the sale. Of course, you're going to be nervous, especially when you first start doing it or you're asking for a big sale. That's fine. Um, but you should have the belief that um, if, if the prospect has come to you for a reason, right, they have mm-hmm. a problem that they want to have solved, right? They've made an appointment with you. You're meeting with them. They're not making an appointment with you unless they have a problem that they want to have solved. Okay. And if you actually have the solution, if you find out what the prospect truly wants, what they really want, not on a a surface level, but on a deeper level, and we can talk about what I call the hierarchy of persuasion if you want. Um, But if you find out what they truly want and you can provide them with that and you can get them what they want or give them the best best chance of getting what they want, because sometimes you can't guarantee it, right? You can't guarantee the result, but Mm -hmm. you really believe that it's my belief that you actually have a moral obligation to do everything that you can to that is an eth- ethically to close that sale. And if not, you're doing your prospect a disservice, you're doing your business a disservice, and you're doing yourself a disservice. Selling, I mean, Zig Ziglar said it beautifully. He said, you can get everything in life that you want if you help enough other people get what they want. That's what selling is. It's finding out what somebody wants and c- creating a solution a, a, a process so they can get what they want. And if you can do that, there's nothing more ethical on the planet than doing that. My right. other, my other favorite saying is this, 
The difference between uh, manipulation and persuasion is intent. The difference between manipulation and persuasion is intent. If your intent is to sell something that the prospect doesn't want, need, or desire, or that you really can't deliver for them, well, then you're a snake oil salesman. But if your intent is to get the prospect the result that they desire, then you have a moral obligation. And the truth is that some folks who are watching this actually literally have a moral obligation. For example, I work with a lot of estate planning attorneys. They have a moral obligation to close that sale because there's tons and tons of stories out there about someone who goes, meets with an estate planning attorney. The estate planning attorney doesn't like to sell or don't think that they should sell, right? The person goes out, gets into a car accident, passes away, the family's screwed. Financial advisor, same thing. Anyone in the medical person, same thing. You have a moral obligation to sell. I mean, yes, that's it. it makes, and, and I've experienced that on the other side. When my father passed away, he had in 1993. It's been been quite some time. He but he, he had gone to an estate planning attorney, and everything had been had been taken care of. And it made the the process of dealing right. with with those issues as part of you know as part of his funeral and the grieving so much easier to deal with. And, and we've got a couple of people that have joined us that I want to acknowledge. Mary Dresback in Michigan, thank you so much for joining us today. Joe Ingram, glad you're here. You know, please share this out. We appreciate it. As you're watching this on the, uh, on, oh, wow, Dennis Nermella, thank you for joining us. Dennis has been, Joe, uh, Dave, Dennis has been in China through this whole great wow. lockdown, the whole COVID-19 hey, issue. Wow. Thank you so much for joining us, Dennis. He's had f- some incredible stories. I bet. Oh, yes. And it's just. It's great. Appreciate all three of you joining us, you know, and, and as you're watching this on the replay, please put comments in. We watch that afterwards and respond. If you've got questions, put them out there. We'll, we'll work with you to get them answered. And please share this out. We really appreciate that. And uh, we'll give you a shout out. The, be- the best question that we get, this was an offer I put out on social media last night. The best question that we get, uh, we have a, a special compilation of Entrepreneur Stories book that we're, we're going to ship out. So, you know, get your questions going. Uh, now, Dave, I want to come back to the... the I might want to participate in that, Jeff. I mean, I might want to participate. So I might ask myself a really good question. So let's just... Well, we'll, we'll see. You know, it's up to the judges. It's out of my hand. <laughs> we have a panel of judges that are secured in an undisclosed location, uh, self-quarantining. Uh, I've heard lots of loud music coming from the area, but uh, I, I imagine they're being very serious. <laughs> so, But uh, coming back to uh, what we touched on earlier... The, the process of the, the virtual selling process, the yeah. webinar process with the great shutdown, that's become paramount for most companies. Yeah. You, you're, you're one of the professionals that's been in that space doing that and honing it for years. I mean, what are there things that the mistakes that uh, entrepreneurs tend to make when they're going through that part of the process that yeah. then cause them problems when they get to, to the appointments and the follow up afterwards? Yeah. Or what, what do we need to watch yeah. out for? Really dig into this. Okay. So I'd love to go over um, the structure as well, if that's okay. Can I, so can I answer that question as well as giving them the structure? You have the floor. Okay. All right. So, well, the biggest mistake, the, 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 the biggest, biggest mistake out of everything is teaching too much. No question about it, right? So, and thinking that, oh, I can just give really good content. And then at the end say, oh, if you're interested in working with me, do this. No. Right. So here's the thing. Your entire presentation is a close. 
from the very first thing that you say to the very end okay. when you ask the prospect to take the next action, every word you say, every slide you show lead should needs to lead to the end result, which is them wanting to book a consultation with you or buy your product or service. All right. So I want to, I want to really give everyone the complete structure. Uh, and then we'll get to the teaching part and what you should do. But the biggest mistake again is teaching way too much and not having it set up the sale at the end. So here's the structure. We're going to go through the opening. Um, there, there's three pieces, your opening, your middle, and your uh, official close, right? The entire thing's a close, but the official close where you ask for the sale, whether that sale is someone booking an appointment with you or whether that is you actually selling your product or service. Uh, and each piece needs to accomplish certain things. So in your opening, your opening needs to grab your viewer's attention immediately. It needs to grab their attention right away. Because if you don't grab their attention right away, what happens is, especially in a virtual environment, they're checking their email, they're surfing the internet, or they're clicking off. I mean, in a one -off, when you're speaking on stage in front of a group of people, they could mentally check out. You'll see them on their phones. But online, it's so important. So you got to grab their attention. The next thing in the opening you've got to do is let people know that they're in the right place. Right. Hey, this is for you if and then you describe who they are, you describe the problems, the feelings that they're having. So the person says, yep, this person knows me, understands me. And this webinar is going to be specifically about what I'm interested in. Right. So people aren't interested in estate planning. They're not interested in financial planning. They're not interested in going to a chiropractor. They're interested in solving a particular problem. OK, so that's what it's got to be about. And then after they say, okay, this is um, this is who this is for me. The next thing you do is you future pace them, and you future pacing means get them in their mind. You paint a vision of the future, and you paint two visions. The first vision is how it's going to be if they t do what you ask them to do. If you follow, if they if if they listen to you and they take action on what you're going to tell them to do, and so you paint this vision that they can see. Now, the vision has got to be the thing that your audience wants. It's got to be the vision that they aspire to, that they want to achieve. Then you also paint a vision of how it'll be if they don't take action on what you tell them to do. All right. So that's the okay. third piece still in the opening. All right. And then after that, what you do is why should they listen to you? Right. So you've painted the vision. So they're excited about it. Right. We've, we've shown them the other vision of, hey, man, if you don't take care of this, this is could, this is going to be the scenario. So we're using both moving towards and moving away from motivation. Now, why should they listen to you? And this is where you tell your core story. And everyone has a core story. It doesn't have to be a dramatic before and after story, but you need a core story. And the core story is designed to get people to like you and trust you. Um, if we can get people to like us and 80% of all sales are based upon the prospect liking and trusting the salesperson. So if we can get them to like us and trust us, what happens is they are more likely to buy from us. So that's the opening. Now we get to the middle, which is the content section of your presentation. I know I'm going through this really quick, but go through the content section of your presentation. Here's what you want to do. And you want to write this down. You want to have three chunks, I call them, of content. I used to call this the teaching presentation, but that's gave the wrong idea. This is where you deliver content okay. that sells. Okay. 
And the way that you deliver content that sells, I'm going to give you two ways to do it. Number one is to tell people what to do, not how to do it. What to do, not how to do it. When you, t By the way, you are giving them good information because most people don't know what to do. The well, second thing. If, is, if I could jump in on that, that real quick. Something that I learned doing presentations uh, was we would find that coming off because as an engineer, I started out wanting to give away too much information. <laughs> then, then, I, then I was like, well, okay, so I don't want to give away the store anymore. And found that th there's a big break in terms of, you know, a, a very surprisingly small percentage of people will actually take the gold nuggets that you give them and go out and implement. Yeah, that, that's, that's, that's correct. And as an engineer, so I work with a lot of folks in the tech field. So I'm they're sorry. service providers or something like that. And they love to get into the technical details. And the prospect's mind just numbs over. They don't care about that. So yeah. tell them what to do, not how to do it. And then the second thing is give them, as you were talking, useful but incomplete information. So you could say, well, there's five things that you need to do immediately to uh, to protect your network. Let's, we're just going to stick with the, because we just use as an example, folks that are in the uh, IT space, right? Now, we don't obviously have time to go over all five of them, but let me tell you two things that you can do immediately after this webinar. And then you give them two really cool things that they can go and do. Well, what does that make them want to know? It makes them want to know the other three things, right? And so then when I get to my close, I say, well, when we come in and we do a technology audit with you, we look at all five of the things that you need to do to protect your network. And we make sure that those are set up properly for you, right? So I'm making this up off the top of my head. But do you see sure. how that has set up the thing that I'm offering at the end? Mm-hmm. Okay, it keeps focused on the what, not that the guts of the how. That's right. And so um, give three pieces of mm -hmm. information, right? And give what to do, not how to do it, or useful but yep. incomplete information. And then you have the close. And the close should be set up from the entire presentation. So a big tip is the first thing to do is when you start constructing a presentation and you open up your PowerPoint or your keynote is to develop your close first your offer first. I always start there. Oh. Everyone starts at the beginning of their presentation. Yeah, beginning but, with the end in mind. Right. You begin, as the late Stephen Covey said, right. And so if, if, I, if, if, if it's true, and it is, that the entire presentation leads to the close, mm -hmm. well, that it only makes sense that I have the close first and the offer. And so then you create an offer. And if you're offering a consultation, which I know a lot of folks on here do, just offering a free consultation is not an offer. That's a piece of an offer, right? So there's other elements that you want to add into it. And then you ask for a mistake. The other biggest mistake that people make is that they uh, don't ask. They don't, they're not super clear with their instructions about what they want the prospect to do and what will happen when the yeah. prospect does it. So if there's any ambiguity in your viewer's mind, in your audience's mind, they're not going to take the action, right? And so mm -hmm. I, I taught this. I've got a, a client, long-term client, Linda Scherfey. She's an estate planning attorney uh, out of Virginia. And she did, does these events uh, and to get people to book consultations for to learn more about estate planning and to close them. And she was like, I wasn't closing anybody. 
And her biggest thing was she wasn't really truly telling them exactly what she wanted to do. So she started doing that. Now she closes 75% of the room. So 75% Mm -hmm. of the people in her audience book a consultation with her and show up. So think about it. Um, 75%. 75. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And so you need to tell people exactly what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. There's a, a marketer. I know who you know. He is Gary Halbert. A brilliant, oh, yes. brilliant yes. marketer, right? And he talked, mm-hmm. this advice is age old. He talked, this will show you how old it is. He says, if you want somebody to, to, to place an order, you need to tell them to get up off their couch, walk over to the phone, hold, pick up the receiver, hold out their index finger and punch in these numbers, right? Be very specific. And so if you want someone to go to a link to, to schedule time on your calendar, say, here's exactly what you need to do. Go mm-hmm. to open up a new browser window, go to blah, 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 www.scheduletimewithdave.com, right? You'll see a simple form on that form, fill out the form, choose a time. You'll then be taken to a page where there'll be a video. It'll be a five minute video for me explaining how the consultation is actually going to work. Make sure you watch that video, then check. You see what I'm saying? And yes, so yes. well, and because it breaks it down, it, it breaks it down to what feels to me like a ridiculous level of detail. Yet my experience has been way too many times I've said this phrase. Well, it's obvious to me. Right. Because I, right, I'm not getting the result that I want. And I, and I have get, finally worked with some people that, like yourself that can say, hey, you know, what are you trying to achieve here? And go, well, I'm trying to get this result. And they, and they show me that huge gap. Right. That looked to me like a very clear path because right. there's assumptions, you know, there's the blind spots that I can't quite see into um, that, that I miss when trying to be clear. Right. Absolutely. And the beauty of following the format that I just gave you is the prospect who, first of all, a prospect that comes in, watches a webinar is a really good prospect just mm-hmm. by virtue. Okay. So the way that the, your lead is generated in, in great part wow. determines how well and how easy it's going to be to close them. So someone okay. who signs up for a webinar, comes on the webinar, watches the webinar, right, uh, is obviously someone who is highly motivated and interested, right? And then if they watch the webinar and is done correctly, they're already pre-sold on you. You're the, you come across as the authority and the expert, right? So you want, by the way, you want to come across as the authority and the expert who cares, not just the authority and the expert, especially today, the authority and expert who cares. Yes. Mission critical. And so they watch your webinar and you've done it properly. They're excited to, to talk to you or at least looking forward to talking to you because they're like, this is the person that can solve my problem. You see? And so when, when I do that, if someone follows that process, that's how I can close those big tickets on one call, right? Because they're already pre-sold on me before okay. they ever talk to me, right? And then after that, after they book the consultation, I do have them either then they have to fill out a form where I get information that I need in order to know more about them, which will help me close the sale. And then they watch a video, which again, resells them on the value of just the call. Oh, one other mistake people make. This is the big one. This is a really big one. Ah. Especially if you're selling via consultation. Okay. As you're listening, as you're you're watching this, listen up, get something to write with. This is going to be good. Yeah. Here's a really big one. You, if you're selling via consultation and you're doing a webinar or a video, whatever it is, mm-hmm. 
selling just the consultation on the webinar. The mistake that people make is selling, trying to sell the entire, hey, here's what happens after you work with me. No, you're not. The prospect isn't there yet. You've got to sell them on just the value of the consultation with you. You're wow. selling them on signing up for the consultation. Yeah. It's, it's a gigantic mistake. Every that's you no, that's huge. That's such a different perspective. It's like yeah. don't go beyond whatever that next step is that you're that you're moving them towards. Yeah, it's 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 huge. And if you change that, so you sell them on the consultation, mm -hmm. on just the value of here. Here's what's gonna happen here, right? And I often say during my thing, hey, I'm not even sure I'm the right person to help you. But here's what you're gonna get, the value that you're gonna get just from talking with me, whether we decide to work together or not. See, I've got to sell them on the value of the yep. consultation, value of the consultation. And then during the consultation, I sell them on my actual service. That makes sense? Yes, it does. And, and before we before we move to uh, to the next portion, I'm watching it as you're watching this. Uh, normally, we only go 30 minutes. Dave has agreed to go 45 so we can put some more content. He just has so much great stuff to share. Uh, we got a little bit extra time. And we have a question, uh, Dave, from Joe Ingram that I'd like to like to share is about metrics, which I think ties into what you're talking about. You know, metrics, is that a specific or, or um, um, result what you consider to be success? And I think in terms of metrics, so is success really just a hard measure? Is it just a feeling or how does, and how does that work? Well, I think that, I think it's gotta be a metric at some point. I mean, right. <laughs> we could feel good uh, and, and not be getting results. I think it ultimately has to um, lead to results. Uh, so I, I think, I think it's a, a, a metric. However, you can't always control the result, right? So, yeah, but it doesn't mean, so you can't control, always control the result. So when I'm speaking on stage or doing a webinar, I can deliver an awesome webinar. If I have the wrong people on there, you know, um, it's not going to work, right? I can do the best, right? So I can't totally control that result. Now, it doesn't mean I was a success, but it also doesn't mean I was a failure either, right? It just means I didn't get the result that I wanted there. So um, I'm a big believer in goal setting, right? And so I set, I set uh, goals, very specific goals, and I define whether it was successful or not by whether um, I hit those goals or not. Um, so, but sure. here's the problem. It's a great question, which really goes beyond the scope of what we're talking about here, because well, it, it, but, a lot of people who hit those goals and still don't feel successful. <laughs> yes. That's what I was going to say. And I heard that in what you were talking about earlier in terms of working with clients. It, it seems the message that I was picking up from that is it really is both. You know, there, there's a, there's a metric result for us as entrepreneurs there is some metric in the mind of the uh, of the client in terms of the problem they're trying to solve. They also need to, feel, you know, they and us, we also need to feel good and confident about the whole process that we're going through. So it's really a mix of, of hard, hard metric result and emotion as well, because if it's not a good experience, that no like and trucks factor that you were talking about earlier isn't going to happen. Right. And at best, we'll just get a one off sale. Right, exactly. Which, 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 which is what we don't want, especially if we're going through this process, right? So this process is not like again. If you're selling a a nineteen dollar ebook, the process that we're discussing here is like way overkill, right? 
but I don't think many of the people who are watching this or who would be interested in this are, are they're looking for clients. They're looking for a longer term relationships uh, with people and, and, and bigger ticket um, sales. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So that brings us to the, you know, to the, we've, we've gone through the virtual selling process, the webinar, we've gotten to, we've set up the appointment with them. Now we're into the follow-up. What, what is it that we need to do or watch out for? Yeah. That Assuming that we've done, that we've set it up, you did such a great job of, of describing and illustrating things not to do so that we've set that appointment up for the best success possible. Right. What, Right. They're pre-framed. They're sold. They're looking Mm -hmm. forward to talking with us. They're excited to talk with us. So now what do we do? Well, I take them through a process that I, and I use a term called psychic selling and we better define that because people would be wondering what the heck is this guy talking? He made a lot of sense up to this point. Now he's talking psychic. So for the folks that don't know, I used to be a professional mentalist. Uh, which is someone who is a, a, a mind reader, a psychic entertainer. And so a lot of the techniques that I used on stage were um, using hypnotic language uh, to plant thoughts in people's minds, get people to believe I knew more about them than they actually, than I actually did. Mm-hmm. Things like that. And so well, and, you, and just last night you released a great video on, on yeah. cold reading and how we can cold use reading. that technique to, to better yeah. understand our, prospective clients. Yeah. People can check that out on my uh, YouTube channel, which I just, uh, just use basically to, to host the videos, to send it to, to my subscribers. I don't know anything about the YouTube, how to do YouTube. <laughs> channel, but, yeah. Um, but yeah. And so, so the, so the process, I call it a psychic sales process. So it's, it's mm-hmm. about getting into the prospect's mind. So here are the four phases of that. So I'm a very system oriented person, as you can tell, right? So the first phase I call the meet phase. In the meet phase, you want to develop rapport with the prospect, right? If you don't have rapport, if they don't like you, if they don't trust you, not going to, doesn't matter what, how great your product or service is. So you've got to develop rapport with them. The second thing you've got to do in the meet phase is get them to agree to open up to you and to answer your questions, right? Let me give one technique that people can use like, Today, if they've got a call, uh, it's called the yes ladder. So when you're talking with your prospect during the meet phase, you want to ask them five to seven questions that they must answer yes to um, in a row, right? And uh, the best ways to do that, by the way, is if you've had them fill out a questionnaire beforehand, you simply take your questionnaire and you go through it. Okay, so I, I just want to make sure, Bob, that we've got everything right here. So I see that you live in Boise. Yeah, okay, fantastic. And you've got three kids. Yes, right? And so you're getting them to say yes, 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 yes. And the reason is scientific studies. Scientific studies have shown that if you can do that um, and get them to continue to say yes throughout the presentation, you're going to get a higher closing rate, more people saying yes at the end of the presentation. I won't go into the study, but just know that that's a fact. Okay. So then we've got to get them to agree to open up, right? So if we develop rapport and we've got them to say, yes, we've done all that, then we're going to go into the discovery phase and we're going to ask them questions to figure out what they truly want, not necessarily what they need. Now, as professionals, we're always going to deliver what they need, but we got to sell them what they want in order to deliver what they need. And so one of the questions that I always ask is, So let me ask you, what's most important to you in blank? What's Mm -hmm. most important to you? All right. And then they give you their answer. 
and it's going to be a surface level answer, right? So for example, well, I want to increase my sales. Great. That's surface level. We want to go deeper. So what's important to you about increasing your sales? Well, if I increase my sales, then I'd have more money. Great. So you want to increase your sales. So what's important to you about that? Well, if I had more money, I could send my my kid to college, any the college of, of their choice and take my wife on this trip uh, that we've always wanted to go on. It would give me a ton of relief. I wouldn't have this financial pressure. That, ah, that's going not waking up at three o'clock in the morning with my head running. That's exactly right. And by the way, there's nobody who they're going to deal with who's interested enough to dig that deep. Yeah. Well, no other, right. no other professional. And when you get to that and they experience that and you're really listening, and here's the key word, you're really present with them because you're mm. following a system and you're not yeah. thinking about what you're going to say, but you're actually listening to them because you know where, where you're going. So golden. And now you've got the information, right? Now you know what they want and what they desire. Now, obviously, there's more to it than that, but right? Sure. But sure. you just, we just have time for a quick overview and you're, and you're masterfully doing that. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. Because you've got to, most people don't spend enough time in the discovery phase. Yes. Well, right. and that was the, the comment I made earlier about uh, the first time I asked for a $100,000 contract in the discovery that we got, we got good at discovery so that with the type of work I was doing that time, I consistently would get from the CEO or owner of the company, the response to go, look, you've been here for a half day, sometimes two days. And they're like going, I've been running this company for 20 years and I don't know the stuff that you're presenting to. Me. Yes. A hundred percent. Such. And that's when I always knew going, okay, I've got the rapport that's necessary. And yeah. that gave me the confidence to then dig into stuff got that it. really had huge pucker factor. Cause I knew I was coming to them with a big ask and, and we were, uh, big promises on what we're right. going to get from you. You dig deep like that, like you did, and like we're talking mm-hmm. about here, you garner so much trust with the prospect because yep. nobody's yep. doing it. Nobody's doing it. Everyone wants to jump to the solution, to the prescription, mm-hmm. right? That's like you go into a doctor and the doctor, you say, doctor, geez, my stomach hurts. And they say, okay, well, let's get the, let's get the gurney and we're going to cut you open, right? That's and it's like, yeah, whoa, 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 maybe, whoa, whoa. Hey, wall, maybe something. There must be another option before so the we get there. Every phase is so important. And they yeah. tell you how to sell them. <laughs> the guy says, here is what exactly specifically what I'm looking for. Another question that I asked uh, is, hey, imagine you could wave a magic wand. We've been working together now for a while, right? Mm-hmm. What would have to happen so you'd be really happy with the result? Now, if I've got the emotional reasons why I've got the answer to that question, and I can actually get them that result, right? That's a key, obviously. Mm-hmm. Now I can mm-hmm. prescribe to them. In the prescription phase, this is a little advanced, but what I'd like to do, there's different personality types. There's four major personality types. And so you want to prescribe your solution. First of all, you only want to prescribe the solution, always talking about the benefits that they said were important. doesn't matter what you think is important. The benefits that they said that they wanted and that they said is important. That's the only thing that matters. But then I like to present it based upon the person's personality type. So okay. um, there's there's Mr. Um, I fall into the category of Mr. Boss, right? So I'm as you can probably tell, I'm a fast talker. I like right. I just want yes. the facts, right? I get I get antsy, right? But then there's but then there's Mr. Um, Mr. Analytical, right? Now Mr. Analytical needs great. I don't want the details. But Mr. Analytical, if I'm selling them the details, like I think you're, are you probably Mr. Analytical? Are you? 
Yes. Yeah, no, there's nothing wrong I have, with that. I have to watch that. I'm very, you know, information right. gatherer. So you, you don't want to know. You want to know, hey, this is what we're going to do, right? Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to know that, right? And so it's the same solution, but you present it to the prospect in the way that they can best understand it. Right. Right. And then the well, final. And, and it always irritates me when they start asking all kinds of questions. Mm-hmm. But it, 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 and I'm smirking because I got coached and finally learned that that's actually a good thing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And, and just while, I, while I've dis, I apologize for disrupting your, your train of thought. I no, want to throw no. them, but also I want to acknowledge a couple of people that have jumped online sure. and said, hi, Clinton Swain. Thank you for joining us today. I believe he's in Malaysia or Indonesia. The last I'd heard he was doing business when the great over there, when the great shutdown started. And uh, it's a pleasure to have him here. And uh, Lawrence Calhoun, who's a, uh, an actor I know here in uh, California, who's a rising star. Good to have you with us too, Lawrence. So Dave, thank you for letting me jump in and give and a shout absolutely. out to a few people. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. And, and I'm watching the time. So we're running a little bit over. We're at 847. I promised to only take 45 minutes. Are you good okay. to go for a couple more minutes? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Let's, let's just, we'll, we'll tie this up. I just don't want to leave people hanging. The first, right, the right. final phase is the close. Now, let me tell you something. If you've done everything else right, you don't need 101 closes. You don't need tricky closes. In fact, the truth is I often don't ask for the sale. You know, you're like, what? That's insane. Really? Yep. That's counterintuitive. Because, because, well, let me tell you, because here's what happens. After I present the solution, remember, now mm-hmm. remember, this is an entire process. The person, right, right. remember that, okay? So this is not an isolation. Um, the typical response I get is, how do we get started? That's the, okay. the prospect asks me. And if the prospect doesn't ask me, all right, now I do, I have eight closes, right, that I use. But the the one that I rely on most, the most, and this is a real tricky one. So people are going to want to write this down because they're probably not going to be able to memorize this one. Here it is. So I've done everything. I'll say, everyone ready for this now? This is complicated. So what do you think? That's it, Jeffrey. So what do you think? Seriously, it, it comes down to, so what do you think? So what do you think? What do you think? Because you have big, as you stated, you know, as you were sharing when we started out, you have large ticket sales for most people, you know, 5000 to $50,000. Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. but, but, uh, but again, it's the entire process, mm-hmm. right? I, I, I want to, so if, if, I'm, if I'm meeting cold okay. with a prospect, which I never do, but let's say I'm meeting cold with a prospect, well, that's not going to work, right? They don't know sure. me. They don't like me. They don't trust me. They don't know that I'm an expert. They haven't watched a thing before they've met with me, right? So then I'm going to use a different close, right? But it's a very, so what do you think? Or, and they will typically say, well, how do we get started? Or- They'll come up with an objection, which is which is fine because I want to know what that is, right? Sure. Um, and, and, and so we, we we really don't have time to go into objections, but right, right. Well, but the, the, the good thing about objections, as I, I had learned the hard way, was that you know that you're still in the game. They are still in the game. They're interested. Asking, Otherwise, they wouldn't be objecting. Otherwise, it, it's it, they right. just sit back and go, nah, no, no, yeah, We're, yeah. That's now, again, just, we, we've skipped over a ton, so I don't want to yes. get people yes. out of context. So we haven't talked about how I use the hypnotic language and all mm-hmm. of this stuff. So the person is agreeing with me the entire time, and I've implanted thoughts in their mind and images in their mind and 
feelings and anchored them and all of that. So there's a bunch more, right? But the truth is, if you do everything that we've talked about, closing the sale is not an event. It's just a natural part of the, the process, right? I've shown you how, you've told me this is what you want. I've shown you how you can get this. You know that I'm the man that can get it for you, right? It's kind of just a natural, natural thing. So, because it's been the proper steps in building the relationship and getting the right information in the, right. the language that we use. Right. Yeah, exactly. Set it up. Proper order. And that is and being present and really listening to the prospect. Nothing is more important than that. If you want to, mm-hmm. I, I teach a bunch of different rapport techniques that you can use, but nothing is more important than being present and really listening. We, we mentioned Stephen Covey begin with the end of mind. Yet another one uh, from the, from the great book, seven habits of highly effective people, which was listen with the intent to understand and not the oh. intent to reply. And that's what makes great selling. People think make great selling is I've got the gift of gab. It's not that. Great sales mm-hmm. are great listeners and ask great questions. Yes, absolutely. They are. That's it. That is awesome. Thank you so much. Now, what's the next step? How can uh, how can we stay in touch? How as you're watching this, you want to write this down as well. We want to catch this. Yeah, Where can I mean, people, I, uh, we got to you, Dave, to get the rest of the information and, and yeah. get your help with the psychic sales process and all that you offer. Yeah, the best thing for folks to do, the, the next step would be for them to go to DaveD.com, which you've been kind enough to be putting up there, right? Um, and I have what I call a daily D-mail. Get it? D-mail. Yes. D, D. Okay. Uh, where I go over, I, I send videos like the one that we talked about, uh, you, that you talked about, which used cold reading techniques or really fun content and good content. Uh, you also get a report uh, about how to put together a virtual event. Uh, now it says right now, the name of the report is how to be a professional speaker, but the, the a powerfully professional speaker, persuasive speaker, but it's really about how to structure a presentation that sells. So you get that report as well. Uh, and then you'll be invited to different free trainings that I do. But the first step is to go to DaveD.com, get on the DML newsletter and get that report. Um, and, and then actually use the information in it uh, to make sales. I'm all about results. I want to help people get results that they can see in their bank account. That is incredible. <clears throat> and Trust me, as you're watching this, you want to reach out to Dave. The emails are incredible. It's a great study on how to be engaging and provide great information on a regular basis. His programs do deliver. Reach out to Dave at DaveD.com. Dave, I was given uh, off camera here from the judges on the questions. We, we're going to send a book to Joe Ingram. And I was also right. told that they loved your that they loved the gold nuggets they were hearing from you so Uh much that they instructed me to send you a book as well. Oh man, the judges, I thank the judges and the Academy. They (laughs) truly do like you. (laughs) Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us today. today. This is a little longer than we normally do, uh, but Dave just had so much to offer and we appreciate you staying with us. Dave, thank you for the extra time. That's DaveD.com. Go to DaveD.com and uh, join us for the next Wolf's Watch.